on, everybody? I hope you guys are having a good day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's thelifefinancialchannel.com. And uh, we uh, love to talk about black businesses and black people doing amazing things in black owned businesses. And, uh, and if you agree that black people are amazing, uh, type a hashtag B1 in the chat. We are amazing. And my guest is clapping already. And so let's, without further ado, we're going to jump into this. Uh, my guest's name today is, uh, I don't know if you know her name or not, but if you don't know her name, if you don't know now, you know, her name is Kim Lewis. Kim is the CEO and founder of Curl Mix, uh, which is uh, a, a hair care line that has uh, literally raised millions and millions of dollars in a, in a very short period of time. And that's how she got onto my radar screen. And so first of all, I want to ask Kim, how are you doing today, sister? Um, and I am good. I am so good. <laughs> right, now, now, you know what? I was As I was saying that you were the CEO and founder, I realized maybe there were other people that found the So, So when I said CEO and founder, was that accurate? And if not, uh, can you correct me on that? I am one half of the duo with my husband, uh, Tim. So we are Kim and Tim Lewis. Uh, we met when we were 16. Actually, we met when we were 14, but we've been, married. we've been together since we were 16. And not like, oh, we took a break for five years and got back together. Like, we've never broken up. We've been together for the, since we were 16, and he's like wow. 30. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's my gosh. co-founder. I love that. I love that. Okay, so everybody, let's clap for Black Love. There we go, right? <laughs> and see, now, now let's actually, let's let's jump into that, because this is a perfect, I, I had no idea exactly which direction the conversation was going to go. Like, I was first going to congratulate you just for being a Black millionaire. Like, I think that's that's <laughs> worth clapping for, so everybody clap for that. But, but you know, th- this idea that, that, that your love was kind of the centerpiece of you know, this empire that you're building. And, uh, and, and as we're, as we're kind of going into like, uh, in fact, actually tomorrow, the black business school Saturday, actually, we're doing the black love weekend and people were like, well, you're the black business school. Why are you talking about relationships? And I said, well, because relationships are the key to wealth. That's the key to empire. Oh my gosh. Most of the successful black entrepreneurs I know were married first because you need one person who can work and build the business and one person who can still maintain the household. We don't have the luxury of putting our jobs in just, going out and pursuing our dreams for years and hoping that we get invested. No, somebody has to be taking care of the family and probably the other family who needs some help too. Like, you know what I mean? Like we can't just, most people are married. So that's what I've come to learn about uh, black entrepreneurs who are making millions of dollars. They married. Wow. What well, did y'all hear that? Give me a yes in the chat. If y'all are hearing this, uh, how you manage your relationships is everything. And, and, and Kim, if it's, if it's okay, if we explore that a little bit, um, you know, how, how do you feel like, like imagine that, let's say that your husband, Tim, uh, you know, and I'm not sure every, if you're like any other couple, I'm sure you've had your, you know, hurdles to jump and stuff like every couple does, believe me. Um, but uh, what do you think that things would look like for curl mix and for your life? If let's say that you and Tim, you know, just couldn't get along and Tim was your uh, angry baby daddy, and you were raising the kids by yourself. I don't even know if y'all have kids. Let's say, let's just imagine that scenario, and you're fighting all the time, and you got all this drama. How do you think that would have uh, affected your life as an entrepreneur? I would have never done it. Never. I would have, no. Several several times where I felt like my business was failing. I Like, this is my, I call this Chromex 3.0, right? We have multiple brands. Our goal is to be like Procter & Gamble and have multiple Brands that we own, Captain Gamble started as a soap and candles company. A hundred years later, they own a hundred different brands and are traded on the stock market. That's my goal, right? And I wanted to be black owned. But um, that goal only kind of like coupled with him, right? Without him, I would have been in corporate America. Um, every time I thought I was going to fail, I wanted to quit. And he was just kind of like, Kim, I really believe you can do this. 
Like the first time we launched Chromix, I sold one box to my cousin. And I was like, you know what? I knew this was a stupid idea, like this DIY kit for curly hair, you know, blue apron-ish for hair. But I knew it was a stupid idea. We should have launched this. And he was like, no, Kim, Airbnb can relaunch seven times. Surely Chromix can relaunch twice. And I was like, you're right. So I went back to the drawing board. Or when we were doing the DIY box for two years and I couldn't get to more than 140000 in annual revenue, I'm like, this isn't working and I'm pregnant. I'm just going to go back to work. And he's like, no, Kim, you're building our future and our future wealth. I'm doing the household as it is going because I know there's a ceiling to how much I'm making. So you have to be the one building the wealth. So he wouldn't let me quit, you know, and, and if he wasn't there kind of making sure that I kept going, even when things got really difficult, there is no way. I'd be sitting here in front of you right now telling you that we raised $2 million in two days through equity crowdfunding. Wow. Let's talk about that. First of all, everybody, if you don't know, I'm talking to Kim Lewis. She's a CEO and co-founder of Chromix. Um, and uh, the website, website is chromix.com. So I know everybody in here believes in buying black. So however, how many thousands of people watch this video, there's thousands of new customers I know you're going to have. If you like my hair and you want to watch it Check out you know what? And actually, when you're talking in a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on full screen so everybody can kind of check out the hair because I know that's important. I, I you know I tell you I have been fascinated by how important hair is. Uh, you know for for women. Um, you know I don't know much about hair. I ain't got no hair. Uh, but I've just seen where there's so much money being spent in that industry, and a lot of that money isn't going to. Our community, right? It's uh, the black woman shows up, and she's the the greatest consumer ever. Uh, but you know, the question is, it does the industry reciprocate in terms of opportunities for for sisters to own and to uh, benefit from that? What are your thoughts on that in terms of what you've seen in the hair care industry? According to like point six percent, and I think it's like maybe a little over a hundred of us have actually raised one million dollars which is like minuscule considering that billions of dollars go into venture capital every single year, right? So then you wonder why you have brands that are making tens of millions of dollars who are black owned then sell to private equity firms or um, you know, the conglomerates of the world that are not black owned. And it's because they don't have black buyers, right? Like you don't have black buyers if we're not getting venture funding. Venture funding allows us to multiply our business quickly over years um, and be able to do the things that big brands do, but we can't do that if we don't get funding. So a lot of times you have to focus on profit in the beginning. And when you focus on profit, it significantly limits how much you can build, you know? Um, profit's not a bad thing, right? But if I'm talking growth and fast growth, a lot of times it does not really include profit in the conversation. That's about investment. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I think that's a great point you made. Um, you know, profitability and how, a lot of people that don't understand business, they think that profitability is, that that's the key. That's the be all end all. And I say, you know, people who say that, you know, like you'll hear someone say, well, he's not a good business owner. He never he didn't even make a profit. No, <laughs> it's, there's so many other dynamics that affect the uh, potential of your company. And, and in fact, small growth companies don't even want to make much of a profit because you want to reinvest, reinvest and things like that. And then what you're talking about in terms of access to capital, I'm intrigued by that. Talk about your fundraising process. Uh, you guys were put on the on my radar by Lamar Tyler. Um, mm-hmm. After you said you raised two million dollars, and how long did it take you? And so we were raising crowdfund where we're letting the public invest, which is like some like it's groundbreaking for what it is, right? Because most people 
have to have go to rich people to get investments and we can go to our community and get it. And so like the law just came into place in 2012, but the law changed on March 15th of this year to be able to allow you to raise up to 5 million from your community, whether that be customers, friends, family, doesn't matter, whoever, or strangers, you know? Um, and so we launched our campaign on Tuesday and we raised $2 million um, in two days. Um, first million came in four hours, which was like super fast. It was crazy. Um, wow, that is that's amazing. How does that feel? I mean, how does that feel in terms of um, you know, you've got all these new investors coming in, but then you that means you've got you know thousands of new personalities that are personally invested in your venture. That's a whole different level of accountability, right? How, yeah. how does that make you feel? So the good thing is that most people, 95% of the investments are under $1,000. So nobody's like going, putting themselves out of house and home to be investors, which I think is amazing and what you want. You don't want somebody who, you know, makes $50,000 a year and invest in $20,000. That's too much. You know, angel investing is risky and I want people to know that, right? Um, but it does feel good to be able to say that many of my customers, it's their first time investing ever. Like they don't, they're not signed up on Schwab so that they can invest in the New York Stock Exchange. Like they, they're not doing any of that, right? This is their first time ever making an investment. And so to know that I'm the first thing that they think is valuable to invest in, it's like, it makes me want to cry a little bit. You know, I get like a little like emotional and it is a, a huge weight and a big magnifying glass on me. It's a risk, which is why most people don't do it. Um, but I'm comfortable with risk and I am comfortable with, you know, going first. Um, and being the example and dealing with the struggles of making my company public before going actually public. You know what I mean? Because um, they're not technically Republican that the public can invest, but we're not traded on the stock exchange. Uh, so that's what I mean by we're not public. I want to be clear in case SEC comes knocking at my door. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that's a real, real concern. And um, and by the way, actually, before I move forward, some of you were, some of you in the chat were mentioning that there was a little bit of feedback. Are you able to hear me OK, Kim? Am I coming through um, okay? Yeah, there is some feedback. I mean, I don't know if I'm really loud on that side of the screen, but it's um, really okay. Whenever I speak, yeah. it's gonna feedback a little bit. Oh, okay. So maybe what I'll do is when you're speaking, I'll I'll just mute myself so that way it won't. Uh, but you can hear me okay, right? I can hear you. I think it's my that it amplifies. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, so I'll just mute myself when you speak because I, I don't have time to plug in the mic and all that. And, and then what's important, everybody, is I want to make sure you all hear from the sister because I, I think this is. This is critical, right? So, so let's let let me ask you this, uh, Kim. So, you went to WeFunder to set up. Is that is that where you did your your crowdfund? Yes. Okay. Uh, tell tell me what that was like in terms of uh, what did you expect and what what did you in what did you like and not like about the process? So, for equity crowdfunding, at first I wasn't. Um, I had thought about this a year ago, where the limit was a million dollars. You could raise up to a million from the crowd. Um, and it's called regulation crowdfunding with the SEC. But I was really unsure. Um, and then I found this uh, clubhouse called Crowdhouse. Um, my friend Max Tuchman, she uh, raised a million dollars, a 1.7 with equity crowdfunding, um, regulation crowdfunding and regulation D. Um, Reg D is for accredited investors. Regulation crowdfunding is for unaccredited investors. Um, and so they have limits on how much you can invest based on whatever your income is, you know, just to make sure no one's going out of house at home when they, you know, angel investing. So I was on their crowd house and I was listening and they do a one every Monday for like an hour. Um, and they basically just do a Q&A. People can come up and ask any kind of question they have about it. And so when I was in there, the 
uh, head of marketing for some of those platforms are in the clubhouses. So for like WeFunder, for Start Engine, for Republic. Um, and then they're all kind of like explaining the differences in their platforms and helping people understand equity crowdfunding. So then someone reached out to me. Um, they saw they're like, oh, she's going to be a big fish because she has um, 600,000 email addresses and she has, you know, six million in revenue annually. And she already has like a community and a crowd. Um, and that's the biggest thing about equity crowdfunding. You really want to crowd first. Uh, before you just kind of launch because you get you're launching a crickets, you know, it's just like launching a product. You want a community first. And then um, they reached out to me. I got on the phone. And I got to ask all my questions. So they're basically like you have to file a form with the SEC that basically puts all your business out there. I mean, like your cost of goods sold, your marketing expenses, your payroll, your profit or lack thereof, um, any investments, ownership, uh, who's on your cap table. Um, I mean, just all of it, right? It's like, imagine you were going public, you're a public company, you know, you can just look up their annual reports. That's kind of what your form C is. And so, um, but the tricky thing is ours isn't up there yet because when you raise the maximum amount, you have to file audited financials. So if you're raising a million, up to a million dollars on equity crowdfunding, you can just get an accounting review, which, you know, and your accounting has to be in GAAP. Uh, what is GAAP? Generally accepted accounting principles, which means that it's on an accrual basis. Um, which in what is accrual? That means when you pay for something is when you got billed for it versus if I bought a home, let's say I bought a million tops, right? And it cost me a hundred thousand dollars that month. On the books, if I'm on a cash basis in accounting, it looks like I lost a hundred thousand dollars that month. But technically it's an investment in my cost of goods sold. So it really should be spread out over two years, right? So that's proper accrual accounting. And so you have to make sure your books look like that um before you do equity crowdfunding and that is if i can employ anything on, on y'all right now if y'all ever gonna do equity crowdfunding get your accounting together <laughs> and for us we do e-commerce and we do about ten thousand orders of anywhere from five to ten thousand orders a month and that means we have multiple lines of accounting so it's a big project right so make sure your accounting's in order make sure your legal's in order you got um, legal documents for all your employees and like you got, and I mean legal, like your employee agreements, all of that. Cause basically you're opening your your business up for everyone to see, you know? Um, however, the equity crowdfund, um, the people who invest are kind of lumped into one line on your cap table. So it's not like you have a thousand or 4,000 people on your cap table. It's just one. And then you opt to have one lead investor to be the voting, to have the voting power for that. If you offer voting rights, you don't have to offer voting rights, but, um, it's, it's up to you on how you want to structure your deal. It's just, it's frowned upon if you don't. Um, and then they also can separate it where you can have like investors with bigger checks come in on a reg D, but they'd be included together. Sorry, it was a mouthful, but it was a lot to that. It took me, we started February 1st and I didn't launch my campaign until Tuesday. So almost two months to even just get to the launch. And then after you launch, once you follow form C, you still got to wait 21 days to get the money. So like, I'm not touching that money for like two months, even though I, it's money sitting there. I can't touch it. So, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. Wow. Uh, everybody who's watching, I'm speaking with Kim Lewis. Uh, she's the CEO and co-founder of uh, Chromix. And uh, her website is chromix.com. And uh, she's here because she raised uh, $2 million in two days. And uh, her company is growing. And what I like about talking to you, Kim, um, you know, it's uh, Alicia, my fiance, she talks, she's a, um, a, she's a therapist and she talks about people's gait and how you present yourself initially. And I, and I also talk as I'm talking about forming relationships with people, that gate, like that way you initially engage people is so important. And, uh, and you have a great, like, 
initial presentation. Like, you know, when, when she first came in, she was like friendly and buzzing and smiling and energetic. And, and I was like, okay, this is the person that we love. Let me talk to her. Let me see what she's got going on. And then also I can tell the audience loves the fact that you are a natural teacher. Like you, you know, I, like I didn't even ask you about generally accepted accounting principles and exactly how you did it, but you stepped out there. You're just like, okay, you do this, you do this, and, this. and that's important because that's what so many of our people need. So many of our people, you know, you see all these things happening over your head and you're like, how do I get up there? How do I get that? And so let me ask you this, um, Kim. So your background, uh, did your family, did you have entrepreneurs in your family? Like, how did you uh, become a business owner? What, what was the path to kind of get there? I... We did not have business owners in my family. Um, I didn't know any entrepreneurs at all. Um, I was convinced that I was going to go work in corporate America. So I went to business school to study logistics. And the reason I went into logistics is because I figured, well, all the black girls are doing marketing in my school. I was going to be really hard for me to get a job when I get out of school. So let me do, let me pick up some more hard skills um, so that they feel like, you know, she's a value add. Um, it was very strategic and very like methodical what I chose. It wasn't my passion. Um, I liked art. You know, I wanted to be an artist. Um, but I did logistics and I had marketing as my, I had a double major, marketing and logistics. Got out of college, worked um, in corporate. So that was like my plan. Um, oh, I want to make sure I'm answering your question right. So oh, you asked my background, right? And how I kind of learned business. Gotcha. So yeah, I went to business school, but in business school, it is not where I learned everything that I just taught you or like, you know, business did not teach me how to market and sell. I had to learn that on my own. So I read Positioning by Jack Trout. I read Influence by Robert Giordani. I uh, joined Lawrence Mastermind and learned how to market and sell via e-commerce. Um, I followed Ezra Firestone for all of his e- uh, e-commerce marketing and how he made $30 million and all of that. I went to conferences. I joined Accelerators, 1871, largest incubator here in the country. I joined Backstage Capital, got my backstage shirt on, where Arlen you know, they, they teach you about investing in venture capital. Like a lot of this stuff I had to, what did they say? Get it out the mud. Like you had to teach yourself. Um, and I have an amazing husband who's brilliant. Um, and I've hired coaches. I pay, I have an advisor who I've been meeting with for the last three years on a monthly basis who told me to pivot to flaxseed gel. He didn't tell me to pivot. He's like, what's your best on the product? And I told him it was flaxseed gel. And he's like, make that. And I'm like, ah, so he, I've been working with him. And he has the advisory shares in the company. Um, I had Arlen in my corner from Backstage Capital, first money in $25,000 before we made a million dollars. I have a brand coach who taught me how to brand and storytell and how that's the most important thing for product for companies in general. Let's just say that. Um, I have Lamar Tyler from Mass, uh, Traffic Sales and Profit, who has, I met him right around the time that we pivoted, like when we were doing maybe 3000 in revenue. Um, I went to my first TSP event. And that is also how we got to that million in revenue that year because he knew all the tactical stuff, right? Everybody okay. else got to Wait, Eric, okay, we're going to stop the bus right here. I got to ask you, can you, because I don't want everybody to miss this, okay? Tell me, please tell the sister how much you're enjoying this conversation. I have to, I had to interrupt. I'm not even, I'm not a rude person. I do my best not to be rude. I mean, some people think I'm an ass, but I, I try my best to be a nice guy. Um, so I don't interrupt people typically. I like to let it flow, but I had to interrupt you because you said something that I need you to repeat. Did you say that when you started working with Lamar, you were making how much in revenue? Did you say 3000 That was the month I when I found him, that was the month before I pivoted. So I wasn't even making, I had pivoted my business. But when I met him, my business was $3,000 a month. Yes. 
So you went from making $3,000 a month, which is the pay, uh, uh, pays $36,000 a year to making a million dollars. And did you say like the following year or something like that? Was that right? The full calendar? Yes. Okay. okay. Everybody listening, give me a yes. Did, if you heard what she just said, she went from 36 grand a year to a million dollars a year and beyond. I mean, now, now she's far beyond now, even a million is a small number for your company. And where did that come? That came from a pivot. What that meant what to me, what I'm hearing, tell please, I, I want you to talk because I, I just have to tell you my interpretation of what I what you just said, is that a lot of you in here that have businesses, you you might be sitting on a gold mine, but you might need some help drilling for the gold. You're drilling the wrong hole and all the gold and all the oil is on the other side of the mine and you're drilling on the left side is all on the right. So, so, so it wasn't like you just left the industry and said, OK, now I'm going to go start selling socks and, and T-shirts. Like, no, you stayed in the same space. You just did it differently. You shifted the hustle process a little bit. And also what I picked up on your conversation is that you referenced all these things you learned. Lamar does the same thing. That's why I love Lamar Tyler. You learned all these things and you said, I didn't learn this stuff in business school. You learned this by creating your own business school, this custom design to build your version of black wealth. Can you please um, sort of drill into that for us? Because I I think that's such an important point you made. Thank you for sharing that. Just uh, drill into just kind of how how I learned these things here versus in school. Yeah, all of that. The thought process, just or you can comment on what I just said, how accurate or in, or if there's more. You know, was I on point with what I just described? No, you absolutely are totally on point. Um, when I met Lamar, in fact, I was sitting at his conference. I feel like it was like I feel like it was like November or I, I can't remember. It was like the year before we pivoted, and I remember him being on the stage with some of the people that were in his mastermind. And one of the people in the, uh, on the stage had made three hundred thousand dollars that year. And her business the year prior had made a hundred thousand like mine, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, if I could just make three hundred thousand dollars, like that would be." I was like, "That would be the bee's knees. I'd be the best thing ever. Like I'd be killing it, right?" Like I was so hyped. I was like, "She said do this and this and go live and talk to my customers and da da da." I'm talking about Sharice Jones, by the way, you guys, um, of Sassy Jones, and so I was like, "I'm gonna do everything she says doing because basically Lamar had coached her up to that point too." And so when I joined uh, the next year, I was just all in the TSP community. I wasn't even in the mastermind yet because you couldn't join mid-year like that. So I was just picking up all the nuggets in the group. So and at the event, Lamar was like, it's easier to sell um, old customers new things than new customers anything, right? And so I was like, okay, cool. Flaxseed gel, I can make a different fragrance. I can put different oils in it. I can, um, they also love our moisturizer. So I started launching other products that they had shit that they had loved. I really started talking to my customer more than I ever have. Before, I was putting out things that I wanted to see in the market. And from that conference, I learned I'd be putting out things that they're willing to pay for, not what I want to make, right? Because that's not what it's about. You are in the business of service when you are running a business. Um, And that community really helped propel me throughout the process of getting to that million in revenue. Well, you know, I I love that because, um, you know, I know Lamar says one thing he says a lot that I really agree with is he says that when you're with um, I I, I kept saying when you're with millionaires or when you're with people that are successful in business, the conversations are different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go go on, please. We were at a mastermind retreat with uh, Freddie Taylor from Urban Intellectuals and Lamar. And we were like, the conversation is different when you sit with winners. And when we would ever get together for our mastermind, we wouldn't be talking about like celebrities or like, you know, like 
brand name products like that didn't matter to us we were like venture investment um accounting um like just business stuff and the conversation is totally different we're not talking about other people we're talking about the future and we're talking about um our businesses versus you know if you depend on who you're sitting with you know you might be talking about uh little yachty or you might be talking about you know like some gossip will and jada oh my gosh like you know uh, Jada cheating on Will. Nobody cares. Like, you know, like that's not what we talk about. Right. Um, but the conversation is different. Right. And I'm not trying to judge people for their other conversation. I'm just saying it's different. Well, you know, I, I, I love it. And I agree. I agree. And I think that those different conversations, everybody is listening, just know when you change the people around you, you're, you're going to be changing your environment. And um, in here, you know, what, what I am inspired by and what, what I hope everyone else is inspired by is uh, the fact that you're looking at a black woman who is, you know, just like the rest of us. She's very smart, very ambitious and, and loves her community. And she literally went from here to here in terms of prosperity because she changed her thinking. She she got information from different sources. She pivoted. Right. That that word pivot is extremely important because people have no idea how many multimillion, multibillion dollar companies were created where someone said, OK, this isn't working. I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm going to get some other eyeballs to look at what I'm doing and tell me how I can just pivot. Most of you all in here are literally like, you know, a couple hairs away from that one thing that will just set it off and take it to the next level. And she, and this is what Kim did. And this is why she's here. And this is why I have the utmost respect for you and your husband, uh, Tim. So it's Kim and Tim. Is that right? Yes. My, he's here at home. He's just with the kids. My uh, my sister watches him during the day, but we were behind on orders. So she went to the office to help, you know, get orders out. And so um, my husband is with the kids today and I'm doing everything crowdfunding today. So basically, like he isn't available. But you mentioned pivot. And I like to call myself the pivot queen because I've done a, a social network for natural hair and pivoted to a DIY box for curly hair and pivoted to flaxseed gel and then pivoted to a four-step wash and go system. And now I'm pivoting to the Procter & Gamble. So like we've pivoted like five times to get here. And I don't know if people know that. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since 2013. And I really feel like I didn't hit my stride like after we made our first million until 2018, 2019. So it took me a while, you know? Um, it's just something I think it's important to mention. And other companies that have pivoted, Instagram, Started out as an app that did 90 different things, but people were only using the photo sharing portion of it. So they pivoted. Um, Play-Doh, in the early 1900s, it used to be a piece of material that would help get oil off the wall and uh, manufacturing facilities. And then it became, but then they pivoted to giving it to kids to play with. Like, that's a pivot. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, there's so many things in our history. If you just do your research on pivots, you'd be shocked. And you realize you're not failing. You just haven't found your target audience, you know? Boom. There we go. That's our takeaway point today. Everybody is that you're not failing. You just haven't found your, your thing. You haven't pivoted in the right direction. You haven't found the goal that is probably buried in your backyard. And, and I want you, everybody listening to just understand I me, mean, Kim is a walking testimonial. Of this, I understand that, um, you know, in 2013, I sat with Lamar Tyler and I remember we were having some trouble generating revenue from what we were doing and one conversation with Lamar in 45 minutes changed everything. I think we made an extra quarter million dollars that year just when he said, oh, well, did you try this? And I was like, oh, well, let me go try it. It worked. Right. So it's really important, I think, for you to understand that these are not the things you're going to learn in business school. I know some of y'all went to college and everything and you're one hundred thousand dollars in debt. 
Man. Universities, universities teach you how to be employees. That's what they're there to do. They're not here to teach you how to build black wealth. They're not teaching you how to be bosses. They're teaching you how to be workers. Uh, if you want to learn how to be a boss, you got to learn from people like the Lamar Tylers or like the Kims, et cetera. And so, uh, Kim Lewis, um, before uh, we, we go, because um, you're a CEO, you got stuff to do. This doesn't just sit there talking to me all day. Um, what are some parting thoughts you want to share uh, about the company? I'm going to put the URL of your company on the screen so everybody can go support Curl Mix. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, I would just love it if everybody typed in wefunder.com and backslash Curl Mix and became investors. You know, I would I would absolutely love that. You guys can be a part of us. This is one of the first times ever that a beauty brand is allowing its customers in the community to fund it and own shares. Because a lot of times we'll see brands sell for hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's no shade to them, right? You know, they can do what they want, get their money, whatever. But I want my community to come up with me, you know? Um, and I want y'all to be a part of that. Okay, so there we go. WeFunder.com. Did I type it in there right? Did I get yes, it right? Yes, you did. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to become an investor in Chromix because I've always wanted to go into the hair care industry. So uh, I know that I am jumping on the ship of of a hell of a captain. And I, and also you two represent what black love is supposed to look like. Um, you know, again, relationships are hard, but the benefit, the reward is when you're coming on the other side, you can build empires. Uh, Curl Mix is a company that's not going to be here for the next five or 10 years. It's going to be here for 100 years, 200 years. Right. So this this is where empires come from, everybody. So uh, so go take a look. Uh, let's all go support. Let's all go, go be a part of this. Don't just support Kim. Support yourself by becoming a part of this thing. You join the winning team. That's how you get ahead. And uh, last but not least, I want to remind everybody also that the Black Love Weekend is this weekend. So it's totally free. We talk about black love the whole time. Uh, healthy relationships is how you can build wealth. Uh, you know, they say health is wealth, but also relationships are wealth. It's all tied together. So thank you very much, Kim Lewis. Uh, I appreciate your time. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. For this has been absolutely amazing and so much fun to talk. I love talking business. So anytime you want me to back, I, I can talk about venture. I can talk about equity crowdfunding. I can talk about manufacturing, whatever you need. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? That's going to happen. And um, and in fact, actually, after we get done, I'm going to I'm going to finish up and um, and connect. I, I have some great ideas. I, I love you. You you don't you may maybe you don't know this, but you're you're a great business school teacher. You're, you're you, I, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, everybody, um, uh, make sure you go to the website. I'm going to give you uh, the website where you can go become a part of Curl Mix. Uh, you can go to WeFunder.com slash Curl Mix and uh, become an investor. I, I'm, I'm going to do that. I am going to do that today. So feel free to go take a look for yourselves. And God bless everybody. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe on your way out of here. And we are gone. See you soon. Peace.